0: Hey, baby, family and friends, welcome back to Weekend Wednesdays, the podcast that brings the weekend worship into your midweek. My name is Min Minsu Kang, and I'm your host for this week's episode. Well, on this episode, we have the pleasure of talking with Chantel Sanderson, who is our very own Pastor Terry's wife. And uh, we sat with her and talked a lot about her experiences around spiritual warfare. Just wanted to give a, a warning, just like a trigger warning a little bit before we get into the episode that we do talk about heavy topics like the occult. And so just wanted to uh, say that if you have young listeners, just be careful to protect their ears on this particular episode. There is some mature content, so just be watchful of that. I hope this episode with Chantel blesses you. It was such a blessing to interview her and learn from her experiences. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy. Well, in studio today, and I say studio, but it's basically Pastor Sean's office. We have Chantel joining us today. Hello, Chantel. How are you?
1: Hi, it's good to be here.
0: Uh, What was your day like today?
1: It was a little busy, but it was good.
0: Yeah. Uh, before we started recording, we were just briefly talking about uh, that you just uh, celebrated your one-year anniversary here in Bayview. Yes. Uh, so yeah, congratulations, and it's been such a blessing having you and Terry here. Wow,
1: well, we have been blessed by being here, so it's it's been good.
0: I guess as a disclaimer, I'm kind of going into this little mini interview with you a little blind. I don't <laughs> know really where, I feel like God is going to take this conversation somewhere, and I'm ready to go, but... <laughs> I have a couple questions for you um uh, just in regards to the area of and the topic of spiritual warfare and so my first question to you is in your life when did you become aware of the reality of spiritual warfare and like yeah how did you become aware of that
1: Sure There was truly one life-changing experience for me and it mm. still colors everything that I see and I and I do I was a teacher at a high school um, outside the city that we were, we were in, and they set me on a journey because I literally was only in the classroom for five minutes with them and just taking attendance, just trying to find out who was in the group. They started talking about the witches that they have as friends. And I'm like, hold it, grade seven, like, you know how you're kind of computing in your head going,
0: what? Yeah.
1: As it turned out, some of them were red witches, some of them were white witches. I had no idea what they were talking about. Wait, what is, I, what is that? <laughs> yes, there's different levels, and they represent different wow. things, and they do different kinds of witchcraft. So anyways, I, I said to them, listen, girls, I want you to stay away from anything associated with that and avoid those kids in your school for, for the time being. Let me do some research, and I'll get back to you, and then we'll be able to have a better discussion about it. And so for the next couple of months, as I had time, I was trying to get a better understanding of what was going on in that occultic kind of community, particularly with the witchcraft. And it was getting close to the end of October, which is so crazy. I hate Halloween. But anyways, there was a girl that came up to me in my school. It was about 45 minutes away. And I'd never talked to her before. And she was a grade twelve student, and uh, it was a big school. So, uh, but I walked outside of my classroom, and I had a prep, so I wasn't in a hurry. She was trying to; she wanted to have this conversation with me. I thought, okay, I'll I'll just roll with it. The next thing I know, I'm embroiled in a conversation about witchcraft again, and it was interesting because I didn't think anything more beyond this is so weird. Again, why does this keep coming up? Mm -hmm. But the next day. As I was teaching an English class, right near the end of it, an English teacher from down uh, the hall came and knocked on my door and passed me a letter, four or five pages worth of just tiny writing, just constant. I don't know how she managed to write it all in that class, but she did. And the teacher passed it to me and said, listen, there's a girl in my class that says you're the only person that she can talk to. And I told her that she needed to write everything down and that I would pass it to you. And if you wanted to talk to her, you would get back to her. Mm -hmm. And so I, I took it home that night and I read it. My hand shook because everything in it was about what this girl had experienced as a child, but also as a teenager with witchcraft. And I thought, Lord, I am not the person for this. This scares me. I don't know what to do with this. But it was like, no, I've put you here. And now this is, this is your chance to understand what's going on.
0: And this was your first exposure to the reality of spiritual warfare. It was witchcraft.
1: Yes. And I was really nervous about it. But Terry and I, we talked about it. We prayed about it. So what I learned was every day I had 45 minutes to drive and get there. And I prayed my way all the way there. And then I would meet with them. Usually it was almost every day for a set amount of time. And I never knew what I was going to get when I got there. Mm -hmm. You could tell in their eyes where they were at spiritually that day. And what was interesting is that by the time we came back from Christmas, we had worked through some, you know, bondage breaker by Neil Anderson and tried to give them some context. But what I found most profound was when I was able to get them some help, I brought in a counselor, Mm -hmm. and he was so good about he just spent an hour with them and really explained the spiritual warfare and they gave their lives to Jesus. Wow. And everything changed.
0: So in this whole experience, um, yeah, I, I, I don't even know where I would begin and how I would like respond to it, uh, but you know, in your experience with it, in your um, walking and journeying with these girls, how did you then see God moving in the situation?
1: There were three Christian teachers at the school. And at the beginning of the school year, there was a group of Christian students, and never before had that happened. But they came to each of us, and they said, we want to meet every day at lunch, and we want to pray. And it was a group of 30, 40 kids, and they met every single day. And they just rotated between our classrooms. And the interesting thing for me was that at the beginning of the year, when those, when I first started to meet with the girls that were struggling with, the, with witchcraft, there was already a group of them that were praying for those girls. And I sat there eating my lunch as we, you know, as we prayed. And those, that's what, that's who they were praying for. And I remember going, I never said anything. Like, uh, how do they know? And, but they knew they knew those girls and they knew God had placed it on their hearts to pray and they were praying for the entire school second thing there were people from my own church that i didn't know were doing a prayer walk around the town that my that this particular school was in and as they did that uh, and they had been doing it for a number of months and what i found absolutely fascinating is that I know without a shadow of a doubt that those two groups had an incredible impact on how that year went down and how those girls came out of witchcraft and came to Jesus.
0: So you mentioned that it took a 45-minute drive uh, from your house to the school and how during that time you would just pray and prepare yourself. And so um, going back to our theme in this sermon series, I feel like that was sort of a time where you're putting on the armor of God. And so my question to you would be, what sort of armor were you putting on yourself? And did you notice a difference when you were going to the school without putting it on and the times that you did put it on? Was there a difference?
1: Yeah, that was a really important thing for me to be able to do. And I was really grateful for the 45 minutes. One of the things that I did is I would make sure that I had some scripture that I could be thinking about in my head for the drive. But also, it was just trying to break off stuff in my own life so that I could be present and just really have discernment, mm-hmm. because I never knew exactly quite what to do, because I was new at it, and it felt foreign, and it felt scary. So a lot of it was praying for courage. And one of my favorite verses has always been Joshua 1.9, and it's, Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God goes with you wherever you go that was a powerful verse for me because I'm like, no, I need to know what the truth is. The truth Mm -hmm. is that God has put this in my path. And secondly, I need to know that I, I have armor, right? I have the breastplate of righteousness. I can go into a place and into this place, and I can be light because I have Jesus in me, and that is protection. So those were important pieces for me to be able to do. And what's interesting is that, so the 45 minutes on the way home, I used to praise for the things that I had gone well with the girls and students, but it was also a time to break off stuff Mm -hmm. because I think we forget that we bump up against the demonic every single day. Wow, yeah. And people that, you know, we're walking past, we don't know the things that they have stuck to them because of just hard things in their life. And I think we just need to be aware. I needed to learn that I can break that off. We have been given the authority by Jesus on the cross. We can break it off in the name of Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb. And it's so important for us to know, we don't have to be afraid. Mm -hmm. We are not victims in this. God has placed us here, just like what we did in Esther for such a time as this. You've been placed in this position. And so if we recognize that, that goes a long way to uh, helping us with our armor, but also in helping us know how to break off things that could distract us or pull us away from what God's called us to do.
0: Oh yeah. If I was in your experience, I would be driving home with just blasting worship music, (laughs) breaking all that off. (laughs) I had one final question for you. I feel like this was sort of like jumping into the deep end, spiritual warfare wise, as your first experience. This is like it's it's insane to me that this was the beginning for you, but what a beginning. And so I guess my final question to you would be how did this experience prepare you for future encounters with spiritual warfare? Because it's all around us. And so with this being such a deep experience, how's that prepped you for the future?
1: I think that too many times, and I include myself in this, we are naive and we don't want to think about it. We think about those kind of demonic and spiritual things as being something of the movies, something in science fiction. And I really do believe Satan has done a very good job in making sure that that stays as something that is not as real as what it is. But so many people that I have met have had very, very difficult experiences and particularly occultic. And I don't even think that we understand fully what kind of occult activities touch us, right? It can be what we read. It can be what we see. It can be what we hear music, videos, video games, material, like people bump up against it and don't recognize it. And I just think that I needed to be so much more aware of my surroundings, of the people in my surroundings and to be asking for discernment always. And so I think that that was just such a big lesson for me.
0: And this is where, like, it's more, it's like, how did that prep you?
1: I think that it prepared me for spiritual warfare with my kids in my family. The enemy hates families and hates that we protect our kids. And it turned me into a full-on mama bear before I was even a mama bear. And I needed that. I needed to understand how strongly they come after our children and our teenagers and how effective the enemy is at telling lies and changing people's identities and changing people's destiny. But it also changed me because it made me understand the power of prayer and that our prayers do affect change. I'll digress for just a moment to mention that this girl's aunt had prayed— over her that she would become a witch, but her grandmother was a godly woman and had prayed that she would follow Jesus. And it was so interesting to see which one won out because God wins. The prayers of godly moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas, friends, family have an effect, and I needed to see that. I needed to know that. And just as a side note, this girl became a missionary. Wow. Because that's what her destiny was, right? She was destined to be a strong, spiritual woman and use it for good. Wow. And by the time she had experienced the transformation, she was well on her way to fulfilling God's destiny for her.
0: Praise God. Wow. So you mentioned that uh the armor of God that you really resonated with was the breastplate of righteousness. And also I heard a little bit of the uh the belt of truth in sort of your testimony as well. Mm-hmm. For our listeners, I think it could kind of be a foreign thing, like, yeah, there's this armor, but sort of like, how do you put it on? How do you utilize it? And so sort of a question on your experience, how did you do that?
1: Sure. Um, I would like to say that I have a really good answer for that. Um but I was just so nervous about every day that I walked right. in there that literally it was just a free-for-all in the car. <laughs> and so there was nobody. I was driving through the countryside. So it was great because I could talk and and cry and do whatever I needed to in order to get there. Mm-hmm. I don't want to present like I have answers on that. I just know that there were things that I had to hold on to Mm -hmm. at that time. And part of it was identity. So the belt of truth really was helpful for me. And I had to remember that I was a child of God and that I was protected. And I think that's another part of the important part of that armor is just remembering that breastplate of righteousness is important because when you're in a situation like that, all I was thinking about is, I'm not good enough to do this. Like I don't feel like spiritually I'm in a place where uh, like I should be given responsibility to help with somebody's life here. And so when you can hold on to that breastplate of righteousness and go, okay, when God looks at me, he's seeing Jesus. I am covered in the picture of Jesus. And so just walk in with that assurance. And there was something really helpful and powerful for that for me.
0: Absolutely. And Yeah, I just, what I'm thankful in your response is there's so many things that we can utilize. And and I love that we're talking about this in the church, in the sermon series. There's so many pieces of armor that we could take advantage of and utilize in our lives. And we're all kind of like stumbling through that and asking God, hey, prepare me with truth, you know, guard my heart. And I'm sure we're going to learn about more and more armor pieces as we go on in the sermon series. But I just love your response because it feels accessible. Like we're all there. We're all sort of stumbling through it and God will use these prayers, these countryside screaming in your car, worship music prayers. (laughs) He will use that to guard you and help you on your way forward.
1: Yeah.
0: As we end today's episode, Shantel, as we've asked all our guests, if you can close us off in prayer, there's so many, I feel like, opportunities for you to pray for a specific group of people. Maybe those who've been involved in the occult. You know, you mentioned that all of us can be brushing up against the occult in just in our everyday. Yeah. Let the Spirit lead you. But yeah, I would love for you to pray for our listeners on okay. this episode.
1: Sure. Well, Father, we are so thankful that we can walk with you, that you are right here with us in every situation and every circumstance. Father, we thank you that you've already given us the command to be strong and courageous. And we don't have to be afraid and we don't have to be discouraged because you're right there. And so Lord for people that get nervous or anxious about talking about brushes with the demonic. Lord, we just want we just want to pray for courage for them. We want to break off a spirit of fear and just ask that your holy spirit would gird them up and that they would not see it as something to be afraid of. That you are giving them to be able to speak life into someone's life. And father, pray for those that maybe have dabbled in the occult or for those that maybe have family members that, uh, or a history of it in other generations. And Lord, we just ask that again, you would give people courage and that you would also help them to put on their armor and take up their sword, the sword, the truth, the word of God, and be able to break off and shatter and loose those things that hold them to the occult. And Father, it may be something just as small as a video game that is inappropriate or some music that you're listening to. Father, we can break that off in the name of Jesus and we can find freedom and we don't have to be afraid and we don't have to live in bondage. And so, Lord, we ask now you would give us a new sense of who you are, new insights, and just that assurance that when we put on your armor, when we remember who we are, when we remember that we are children of you, when we remember that we can go with words of peace and words of light, and speak your words to other people, Lord, that there is a powerful impact that that has. We ask for your blessing on each person that's listening today, and we ask for healing in their lives and strength to take the opportunities that come their way.